Good morning, everyone. It is the 18th of May, and welcome to the Arconomics Weekly Podcast. We have today with us, remotely, Nathan Sweeney, Solomon Nevins, and Asim Kadri. We are going to start by looking at events in the US last week. Please, Nathan. Sure. Hi, Lorna. So if we look at the S&P last week, the market was down just over 2%. And we had you know, quite a bit of volatility during the week. A lot of that was caused by Powell's speech. So the governor of the Fed uh, was speaking on Tuesday. And you know, he said that the Fed was not considering cutting interest rates below zero. But it was more his comments about the economy, which kind of shook the equity market. So he said the economy is subject to significant downside risk in the months ahead. And he warned that there could be lasting damage to productivity capacity of the economy due to the impact of COVID-19 and, you know, the kind of the impact it's having on businesses, etc. And, you know, he did call for more stimulus as a result of that. But uh, that was definitely driving markets last week. You mentioned more stimulus there, and this is fiscal stimulus, isn't it? We've seen another huge package approved. Yeah, so we have the Democrats looking to put forward a $3 trillion stimulus package. So it's obviously quite a big number. And that was passed by the House, which is controlled by the Democrats on Friday, and has now moved to the Senate for approval. Now, the Senate is controlled by the Republicans, and the Republicans are not as excited about this deal. So it looks like, you know, it will be revised over time and may not look similar to the deal that was put forward. So it'd probably take a bit of time before this is actually approved. I think a lot of people are expecting that it might get done by June, but it should look a little bit different to the initial proposal that's been put in place. And all this, of course, increasing volatility in equity markets. And Asim, if we could turn to what appear to be rising tensions between the US and China, particularly in the last week. Yes, Norman, that's right. So as you mentioned, we've seen US-China uh, tensions really resurfacing over the past few weeks. And it does seem as though kind of any mutual goodwill or optimism that seemed to exist following the agreement of the phase one trade deal in January has definitely evaporated for the time being. So the tensions over recent week have been centered around a number of issues such as technology, finance and politics and not just trade. And that is certainly a worry going forward. Now, fundamentally, this re-escalation of tensions is being driven by the US and specifically President Trump continually blaming China for the global spread of coronavirus. And on the back of that, we've seen numerous pieces of confrontational rhetoric from the US towards China. I think whilst not all of the threats Trump has made against China in the past have materialized, nevertheless, the risk of adverse scenarios and further deterioration across a number of areas cannot be ignored. And I think it's important to understand that comments from President Trump should be considered in the context of the US election cycle. And it's likely that much of this rhetoric against China is designed for a domestic audience, particularly when you consider that public opinion in the US towards China is at an all-time low. And there's definitely a risk that Trump will increasingly attack China as an election ploy and will take a confrontational stance, not across just trade, but also a number of areas. Yes, this does sound like saber-rattling from Trump. But in the real economy in, in China, we have had some quite important data at the end of last week. Yeah, so there was a range of Chinese activity data for April that was released at the end of last week. So all in all, the data showed that all aspects of the economy continue to improve and recover, but that recovery remains uneven, with the industrial part of the economy continuing to bounce back strongly and normalize, whereas both consumer and business demand remains weak compared to normal levels. Yes. And this sort of positive data from the world's 
second biggest economy, seem to have an impact on the oil price this week. Sol? That's right. Investors are viewing the Chinese economic recovery as the, the template for what the rest of the world can expect as it progresses through its um, dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. So oil, WTI and Brent both recorded positive returns over the week. WTI was up 19% and that was on top of 25% the previous week and 17% the week before that. So a very strong run. In addition to the good economic data from China, we also had evidence that demand in the US for gasoline has been stronger than expected. And as more and more states gradually ease their lockdown measures, that's expected to persist. So on Tuesday, we have the expiry of the front month WTI futures contract. And it was this time last month when the May contract was due to expire that oil prices tipped into negative territory. Now, this month, there's much less concern around storage capacity as the demand picture has improved. So oil prices are likely to remain at this um, sort of level for the next few days. We're not expecting a crash. That's interesting. And what else are we expecting this week? Any thoughts, Nathan? Sure. There's a couple of things for the market to focus on this week. So we have a number of states have lifted lockdown measures or eased them slightly. So 42 states actually in total. But the most populous states have yet to do so. So if you think California, New York, People will obviously be focused on seeing if those easings of restrictions have any impact on second waves, which would obviously have an impact on markets. We do have some key data this week. We have the Federal Open Market Committee meeting minutes are out on Wednesday, but we also have some PMI data coming out, services and manufacturing. And the expectation is that this data sees a slight improvement from May, and that's linked to the easing of lockdown measures. So we'll have to see if that's the case or not. But I think the important focus this week will definitely be Powell, who is speaking in front of Congress on Tuesday. So the question is, will he change his rhetoric? Will he still have uh, concerns over the economy and economic growth going forward? Or will he change that language uh, slightly when questioned, which I'm sure will be raised at that meeting? And indeed, in China, Asim, it's quite a significant week. Yeah, so starting on Friday is the annual National People's Congress meeting in China, which has been delayed by two months due to coronavirus. So this is the annual two-week government meeting where the government usually announces its macro policy stance. So this year, the main things to keep an eye on will be what is announced in terms of fiscal stimulus measures and also China's economic growth target, which is expected to be downgraded. So the world's two biggest economies giving growth indications potentially this week. We'll look out for those. Thank you all very much. Thanks, Lorna. Thank you, Lorna. Thank you.